turn your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3 for our thoughts this morning. Mark chapter 3. Bob. And by the prince of the devils cast he out uh, devils. And he called them unto him and said unto them in parables, How can Satan cast Satan out? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be, it, be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemies, for whithsoever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. Because they said, he hath an unclean spirit. Let's pray. Father, we come again thanking you for this privilege and honor to be assembled in your house and in your name. Thank you for those that are here. Bless those that wasn't able to make it this morning. And Father, now as we break the bread of life, I pray you'll give me the words to say. Bring to my remembrance those things I've studied. And let me preach with boldness and authority your truths. Father, we pray that if there's one here today that needs to come for whatever spiritual need they have, that they will have liberty to do it. And Lord, I pray for the sick, the afflicted in our body. I pray you just watch over them and restore them to their health according to your will. Now, Father, again, thank you for allowing me the privilege and honor of being able to share your word. I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Be seated, please. Let me ask you a question before we get started. Anybody ever been falsely accused of anything? I guess we could all say we have, huh? And I'm not talking about, did you get a cookie and you got crumbs all over your mouth? No. That's not a false accusation there. But I am talking about being falsely accused for doing something good. Believe it or not, I have had that happen to me. But understand, it's every now and then that we face false accusation. But when it comes to Jesus, the whole time he was here on earth performing his ministry, three and a half years, that's all they ever did. The Pharisees accused him. The Sadducees accused him. The Sanhedrin accused him. Even the scribes accused him. Why? Because they wanted to trick him and they wanted to stop him from having influence over the people. Now, if you start studying chapter 3 of Mark, you'll find that he was in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. There was a gentleman there that had a withered hand. 
And Jesus asked him a question. Is it okay to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil? Is it good to kill or is it good to give life? And of course, the Bible tells us, Mark says that nobody answered him. And the Bible says that he was angry. You say, you mean Jesus gets angry? He does. But his is always a righteous indignation. You see, our problem, when we get angry, we sin. Jesus could get angry and not sin. But anyways, he told the man to come forward and he restored his hand. Now, Jesus has the power to heal. Y'all believe that? He can. And he does. But it's all Jesus. It's not man. It's not what we pray. It's what his will is. That's going to honor and glorify him. That's, anyways, to make a long story short, he leaves the synagogue and great multitudes from all different regions followed him. In the meantime, he chooses his 12 apostles. And then we come to, the Bible says that he, his friends thought he was completely beside himself. In fact, they accused him of being a little crazy. Anybody ever accused you of being crazy? As a pastor, believe me, I've been accused of being crazy. I remember my buddies after I got saved. Man, I tell you what, I was still walking that high. And I couldn't wait to tell my buddies what Jesus did for me. And they said, you're crazy. You're crazy. It's just a fad. No. Yeah. But again, they said he was beside himself. And then we come up to where our text is. And the scribes which came from Jerusalem said, he hath Beelzebub. Now, first of all, the scribes were those that copied the law, the word of God. And the scribes knew the word of God and should have known that the very one standing before them was the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. But, guess what? You see, if they recognized Jesus for who he was, the Messiah, the Christ, then they would have had no choice but to follow him. And they weren't willing to do that. You know why? Because they wanted to hang on to their prestige and their power. There's a lot of people in the world today that does not want to follow Jesus because they're afraid of what they've got, they're going to have to give up. See it all the time. But they accuse Jesus of being controlled by Beelzebub. Now, Beelzebub means Lord of Flies. Lord of filth. 
They called him the dung God. You see, Beelzebub was a powerful demon of utter depravity. And the scribes accused Jesus of being influenced and working under the authority of Beelzebub. Now, common sense. Of course, I'll get in trouble. Common sense is something that's very rare today. Amen. You know, I know the difference between a wheelbarrow and a pick. I know some Yankees, I'm getting in trouble, that couldn't use a pick or push a wheelbarrow if their life depended on it. Amen. <laughs> now, I'm not here to offend you. I'm just saying common sense. Of course, you know what my dad used to say? She got all the common sense. I was book smart, but she has all the common sense. She does have common sense. But I think I do too. But Jesus says to them, look at the verse. It says, and he called them unto him and said unto them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? Think about that. Fellas, you're supposed to know the Bible, the law, the word. How come you don't know that when you accuse Satan of being able to cast out himself, you are saying, one, that I am not who I claim to be, and two, that the power that I use to cast out evil spirits and heal the sick is of the devil. Think about that. And by the way, how can Satan cast out Satan? That's silly. But yet, the scribes had convinced themselves that ha, it must be Beelzebub giving him all of that power. No, it was God the Father that gave him the power. Although, let me say, when I say gave, he already had it all because he was God the Father. He's always had the power. He always will have the power. But again, how can Satan cast out Satan? Common sense. And I will say, our Lord had a lot of that. Amen. Notice, and if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand but hath an end. Notice, if a kingdom is divided against itself, guess what? It'll never stand. Uh, I think we can see that in the shape of our country today. If a house is divided against itself, 
if a husband is divided with his wife and his kids divided with the parents, guess what? That house will never stand. That's why it's important that your house be built upon the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't build it on a false foundation. There is no other foundation but that which is Christ Jesus our Lord. No other foundation. And then of course, if Satan be divided against itself, can't stand. And then he gives this parable. And there is a spiritual truth to this parable. After all, remember, the whole thing is this. People thought he was beside himself. They accused him of being beside himself. And the scribes saw his authority and his power in casting out demons, raising the dead, healing the sick, and they didn't like it. So, what does it talk about the house? First, we're going to look at a physical house, and then we're going to look at a spiritual house. Notice, and if a kingdom stand against itself, it can not stand. If a house be divided against its house, it's the house cannot stand. Satan rise up against himself and be divided. He cannot stand, but hath an end. No man, 27, no man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Physically. If you have it in your mind to rob somebody. And by the way, I pray nobody at Long Mountain Baptist Church has that <laughs> desire. Uh, but you have it in your mind, you've been somewhere and somebody's got something that you covet that you won't. Uh, I can tell you, as long as the owner of the house is there and he could probably take you, you might want to make sure you get him out of the way first. You know? And that's what Jesus is saying. Now that's common sense there. If I'm going to break into a house, I'm going to break into a house that has no weapons. The owner ain't going to be at home. Now again, please don't think, oh, that preacher's going to break into somebody. No, I'm not. I promise you, I will go to jail for the gospel. But I ain't going to jail because I was stupid. Amen. Uh, we reap what we sow, don't we? But understand, got to be bound, binded. Now that's physically. But what Jesus is trying to teach here spiritually is this. The only way demons can be cast out of people that are in bondage to those evil spirits is they must be bound by his power and his authority. And Jesus has complete power 
and complete authority. And yes, Satan is powerful, but he ain't more powerful than the Lord. Amen. Amen. Everybody needs to remember that. He's the prince and power of the air here. And yes, he causes division. Yes, he causes conflict. Yes, he causes all of the evil and wickedness that we see before our eyes here in the world. But listen to me, he's not all powerful. And he can only do what he's allowed to do by the Lord. So what he's saying here, again, they questioned his authority. What gives you the right to cast out devils? What gives you the right well, he has the right because of his authority and his power. And that's what he's talking about. But then he says something else. Notice what it says. Verily, which is truly, I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men and blasphemies wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. Understand, the scribes, there's no doubt they had committed blasphemy because they spoke evil of the Messiah, the Christ. But here's the good news. Jesus said that all sin can be forgiven. Aren't you thankful for your sins being forgiven? Aren't you thankful no matter what your sin is, the Lord is more than willing to forgive you if you'll come in repentance and faith and trust him as your Lord and Savior. Doesn't matter what sin you've committed. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. We are all sinners. I'm just thankful that he forgave me and he brought me out of condemnation. Aren't you this morning? Understand, all sin. And he's telling the scribes that even though you have blasphemed and you have committed a very, very bad sin, if you're willing to repent and accept Jesus by faith as your Savior, your sin can be forgiven. Praise God. That is something that we can't ever let go of. Jesus forgives. And when he forgives, he forgets. And yes, some of us have committed pretty bad sins. But guess what? If they're washed out by the blood of Jesus, you are clean. Praise God. Now, here's a stern warning. There are pardonable sins. Thank God for pardonable sins. But there is an unpardonable sin. 
Now, I just want to say, there are those out there that teach that you cannot commit the unpardonable sin today. They say the reason you can't commit it is because you are not in the presence of the Lord physically. Can I tell you something? That's crazy. Because we're always in his presence. He's right with us at all times. But there are some that believe that. Oh no, you can't commit. In fact, I had a preacher, older preacher. I was green as a gourd. It's my first church. Second church I ever pastored. I'm sorry. And this preacher said, no, you can't commit the unpardonable sin today. I said, you're a heretic. He said, well, you can say what you want to, but no, you can't. What'd you do, Pastor John? Brought him before the church. What'd y'all do as a church body? Went through fellowship on the grounds of heresy? Because that's heresy. You can commit the unpardonable sin. You know what the unpardonable sin is? Listen to what Jesus said. Don't take my word for it. Take his word. Jesus says, Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemies wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. You say, Pastor John, what is the unpardonable sin? Well, this is what Jesus said. He said that if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, then you have committed a sin that won't be forgiven and you're in danger of what? Eternal damnation. You say, well, how can that be? This is how a person today commits the unpardonable sin. When the Holy Spirit convicts a person's heart that they are lost and in need of salvation through Christ and you do nothing about it, then you are committing the unpardonable sin. When you reject Jesus, it's unpardonable. But listen to me. That unpardonable sin will not take effect until you draw your last breath and you don't have an opportunity again to accept Jesus. That's the unpardonable sin. And what breaks my heart is countless and countless multitudes they hear the gospel, they hear it taught and preached and sung, they hear people witness and share the gospel with them, and yet they know, know, and they are guilty of committing the unpardonable sin. But do you remember what Jesus told them? All manner of sin 
and blasphemies shall be forgiven. But here's the stipulation. You must accept the Holy Spirit's conviction and you must follow the Holy Spirit as it convicts and draws you to the Lord. If you do that, you repent and by faith accept Christ, you're saved, forgiven. But if you don't accept him, the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart, convicting you. And you say, nope, not today. Nope, I'll wait till I get older. I'll live my life now. And then when I get older, I'll be too pooped to pop. So I'll stop trying to live worldly. And I'll give in to God. There's a problem with that. For one, you might not live to be a golden ager. Amen? Might not live that long. And two, it's too late when you die. It's too late. No reprieves. So you see, they spoke against the Holy Spirit. And whether you're aware of it or not, every time you say, not today, no, you are sinning against the Holy Spirit. Think about that. You're sinning against the Holy Spirit. And according to the Word of God, unpardonable. That's one sin that won't be forgiven. How can it be? It's too late. You've drawn your last breath. So Jesus warns them. And my question to you concerning the Holy Spirit, have you acknowledged the Holy Spirit? As he deals with you, and by the way, apart from the Holy Spirit dealing with you, you can't be saved. You can't wake up one day out of bed and say, oh, I'll be saved today. Don't work that away. You must be drawn by the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has a job here. One, he's to point us to Christ. Two, he's to convince us that we are sinners in need of salvation that only comes through the shed blood of Christ on the cross of Calvary. And then three, after you accept Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit indwells in you and it guides and directs you the path of life until you're either called home to be with the Lord in death or the rapture takes place and we're called out of here. Now don't get me wrong. I would love to hear the trumpet sound. I hope old Gabriel's getting ready. But listen to me. People falsely accuse us every day of something. And yeah, rejection hurts and, and all, but listen, 
Here's the thing about those people today in our lives that accuse us falsely. It's done, get over it and go on. But when it comes to Jesus, he has a little bit to say about that. You see, you don't want to accuse Jesus falsely about anything. He's perfect. He's not only perfect, but he himself, there's none like him or can match him. And we're going to sit there and accuse him. And, and one other thing, and I'll shut up. The church today, and we as believers, are truly being accused of lots of crazy things. You know, we're a Baptist church. They're accusing us that we're some of them old nationalist Christians. Yep, yep, they're all Jesus, Jesus first. They want Jesus to control the government. They want Jesus. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because justice will be justice. He'll be on his throne. And you know what? He won't be talking out of both sides of his mouth. What he says, he'll do. But there's always false accusations. Oh, the Baptist church. But understand something. This just didn't happen overnight. Satan's been doing this for years and years and years to destroy our witness as believers and the witness of the Lord's church. He knows what he's doing. And there's folks out there so, I hate to use the word, gullible. How many of you have ever knocked on the door, invited somebody to church, and I ain't going to that church? All hypocrites there. All hypocrites. Well, first of all, how do they know? Second of all, they're judging. And third of all, isn't it amazing? If your daughter needed a doctor and he was a hypocrite, uh, I don't think you'd say, doctor, are you a hypocrite? No, you take your child to the doctor. Not even give it a second thought. Bankers. There's hypocrites in every walk of life. But listen, I'd rather go to church with a few hypocrites than go to hell with them. Amen? Amen. So listen. They're going to accuse. Satan's going to accuse. And there's going to be people that are going to be gullible enough to believe what the devil says. Don't hold your head down. Lift your head up and say, I am a child of the king. I know who Jesus is. He has all power, all authority, and I'm going to serve him. Let me read you a scripture, and I promise. In fact, let's have a song. Come on up, brother. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. First Corinthians chapter 1. Listen to what Paul says. Verse 10. 
Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. No matter what the world says about us, we all have the same mind. We all are one. No division. We stand for Christ. Period. Let them talk. They're accusing us. They're leaving somebody else alone. Amen. So, stand with me, please. <clears throat> if the Lord is dealing with you this morning, then you've not committed the unpardonable sin. But listen to me. If he's dealing with you for salvation, you need to come to Jesus. He'll save you. If you're here and you are saved, you are to thank God for your salvation. That he sent the Spirit to convict you and me and we heeded the Spirit's call. But don't gamble with eternity. Please don't commit the unpardonable sin because that's the one sin the Lord will never forgive you for. And you say, preacher, what is it? Rejecting Jesus. Rejecting Jesus. Father, that's simple message, but thank you for it. Thank you for your truth. And Father, I pray everybody under the sound of my voice knows Christ as their Savior. But if there's one here today, and Lord, your Holy Spirit has got them under conviction, may they be obedient. And may they obey the Spirit's leading to the, this altar. They might be saved and forgiven all sin and condemnation. So Father, you know the hearts of those that are here. You know each need. I pray according to your will, it'll be met. Bless the invitation for us in Christ's name. We pray, amen.